the iHeartMedia Complex on WTKS-FM, HD1, Cocoa Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, The Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Yeah, it is. It's the Phillips File. This one for Wednesday. That's Wednesday, May 23rd in the year 2018. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Jim Phillips. Uh, we do away with the normal intros now on these Wednesdays as we start these programs because, as you know, today marks interview number 12 as the Phillips File continues to look at the opioid and heroin crisis here in Central Florida. We spend eh, maybe the first 30 minutes or so with various guests from addicts, recovering addicts, rehab experts, medical experts, so on and so forth. And uh, we just try to get their knowledge and expertise as it relates to this crisis in Central Florida, as it relates to the rest of the United States as well. Today, our guest is Robbie. A little bit of background. Robbie is 22 years old. That's correct, That's right. Robbie? That's right. Going to, you're just about ready to graduate from Rollins College. Yep. Senior, one more semester. Congratulations. So we want to start with your journey. Uh, and as, as I understand, and you take it from there, uh, you're playing baseball, right? You played baseball for Dr. Phillips? I did, yep. Pitcher? Yes, pitcher and outfield. Kind of did so, everything uh, in So you go to uh, college in what, western Alabama? Yep, west Alabama. Scholarship? Yep. How fast was your fastball? Uh, 87, 85? but I'll tell you, like 91. Okay. All right, 91 mile an hour fastball. Pretty good. So you're pitching for this uh, college in Alabama and... Then what happens? Something goes wrong with your elbow? So, yeah, I tore my UCL and had the classic Tommy John surgery that you yeah, always yeah, hear about. Right. And uh, after that, I I had the surgery, and I was prescribed 60 oxycodone pills. So that's kind of where it all started. I, I uh, took too many. I loved the effect they gave me after the first one and kind of went from there. Do you love the effect because of because it made you feel great or yeah. it just did away with any pain did you have any pain at all following the surgery did you ever say no. to yourself i don't need these things but once you took a few said this is a nice this is a nice yeah. high yeah and it's kind of like I, I would tell myself that i had more pain than i actually did i was trying to like justify it because i don't i don't want to be like that guy who was taking too many pills right you don't fit a particular uh particular stereotype when it yeah. comes to yeah i've heard that a we lot. all have that stereotype and one of the things we're trying to do on this program among other stuff is just try to dispel the stereotypes that people have in their mind about people who are having problems Definitely. with these uh, particular drugs so 60 pills mm -hmm. then what happens you run out of 60 pills so and I, now what's going on yep so i ran out and as I was telling Moira, I kind of started feeling sick. I got like all those classic flu-like symptoms. Just describe all that uh, to the audience. We try yeah. to do this with everybody we have yeah. on the program. I don't know if it ever gets through. So you run out of pills. How soon were you feeling the, the effects of withdrawal? It was uh, less than 24 hours after my last dose. So maybe maybe 10 hours. And I didn't realize what was going on at first. But the best way I can describe it is kind of like uh, the worst flu you've had times 100. Like there's a, That's what a, we hear all the time. A lot of sweating, um, yeah, just aches and yeah, huge amounts of anxiety, especially to people who are already prone to anxious behaviors. Oh, really? mm -hmm. Yeah, aches, pains, all your joints hurt, all your bones hurt. It's just miserable. You didn't want to get out of bed; just crawl under the covers and hope for the best. Yeah, I didn't want to get out of bed, but uh, 
yeah, I was having to go to baseball practice and all sorts of stuff. So, so I mean, do you have roommates at the time, or does anybody say, Robbie, what the hell's going on I with did, you, buddy? I did have a or roommate. coach with the baseball team? What's going on with you? No, I, I mean, I guess I was just trying to put on a front, but it was, it was kind of a battle that I was fighting alone. Right. So then what happens? You're, you you got to get a fix? Yeah, so then so then to alleviate the feeling of all the sickness that I had, I would I would start texting my friends and asking them like, "Hey, do you know where I can get any pain like pain medications? Like who else has had a surgery?" So, kind of went from there and eventually I found some and I was buying them off the streets. Did you go back to the doctor at any point in time say, "Hey doc, I've, you know, I've run out of oxycodone, I did. oxycontin, I did go to the pain." Yeah, I did go to the doctor, but it it was kind of like you have your one prescription, you had your 60, so you're not going to get any more. That's it. Because they do have that fear of patients getting addicted. Did they? Were they suspicious that you wanted them for, I mean, did anybody at any time when you went back for extra pills did or, or when you went to your friends and said, did anybody suspect that you were abusing them at that point? Nope. No one. No one. Mm-mm. So as I understand it, by the way, Robbie from Rollins College is our guest. He's going to uh, graduate when? a couple, Just a couple of weeks? December. December. Yeah, good for you. So somewhere along the line, what happens? Your mom, yeah, like she's saying, what are you asking for more money or yeah. what's going on there? Yeah, so pretty much. Uh, and what, I was, and what does a pill cost? You're looking for pills. You're going to buy them off friends. You're going to get them anywhere mm-hmm. you can. What are you spending on a pill? And how many how many did you need per day to get through this? Right. So uh, hydrocodone or Vicodin, that, that was about a dollar per milligram. And oxycodone can be anywhere from $1 to $2. So if you're looking at a 30-milligram pill, which I was doing at the end, that's uh, about $30. So. A pill? And you were yes. taking how many? Maybe four at the end. So you're doing four. So you're looking at what? $120. Do that, $120 yeah. a mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And it's really hard to justify that money, especially when you don't have an income and you're a college student. So, so what happens is, I mean, do you call a mom and dad and say, hey, you know, uh, I, I, I got some more books that I have to buy? Yeah. and Yeah. Actually, yes. Yeah. I'd say like te- te- textbooks or, yeah. Oh, textbooks. Like so that. expensive. Right? And what do they say? After <laughs> I mean, did they, sooner or later, they must have said, how many packets of, you know, or or boxes of $120 books do you need? Yeah. <laughs> somebody somebody said something's going on here. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Who was yeah. that? Was it your mom so, dad? Yeah, it was my mom. And she actually came up to visit. I, I was trying to get off the pills on my own, and she came up to visit when I was getting off this stuff. Right. And uh, I said that, I, I think I said I was like feeling depressed or sick or whatever it was. And that's that's kind of when she got the idea. She she was looking through my computer, actually, and looking through my history, and she saw that uh, I was Googling, like, what, how to alleviate withdrawal symptoms, mm-hmm. and that was what set off the, like, the huge marker. Right. Now, did she confront you, or did yes. you just, yeah, she or con- you just say, all right, I'm coming clean here with you? Yeah, she confronted me, and that was the first time that I did actually come clean and let her know what I had been struggling with. Yeah, and how, what was her reaction? Uh, majorly disappointed. She, just- she carries around guilt, like... I we hear a this. lot of that from parents. Yeah. I should have known what was going on. Yeah. And, and then they, they begin to blame themselves, don't they? Yep. Yeah, and it's it's sad because the addiction is a family disease, as they say. It, it doesn't just affect the addict. It right. affects everyone around them. Right. So your mom says, okay, now what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And what was the what, answer? what did that? you do? <laughs> so uh, a couple weeks after, I, I was feeling really bad. And I actually, uh, so I went back to Orlando, withdrew from my classes at Alabama, and from there, I saw a telepsychiatrist, so the kind of thing where you have your computer and you're uh, chatting with him. You never actually see him face-to-face, but 
almost I, on FaceTime kind of thing. You're exactly. just looking virtually at a psychiatrist. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So uh, huh. what he did was prescribed, um, it was Klonopin, which is a benzodiazepine, kind of like Xanax, but longer acting. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I abused those. So it kind of just went downhill from there. And eventually I found the oxycodone back in Orlando. So yeah. Now you're living at home at the time, or yeah, at the okay. time I was. Or were you going to school at Rollins at the time, or are you just kind of nope. hanging out trying to get trying to figure this? out a handle on yeah. this problem? Yeah, exactly. So, I, uh, mm-hmm. so you're coming back to Orlando. Your pitching career in college is pretty much washed up, at least for that yep. point in time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going back, and you're using other substances. Mm-hmm. All right, what happened then? Your mom so, come back, said, "Okay, yeah." She noticed something. Cut it out, Mr. Weiskin. Yeah. What's happening in here? You have siblings, don't you? I brothers do. and sisters? Yep. Three younger brothers. Any 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 brothers, any of the siblings kind of know what was happening here? Yeah, my brother closest to me uh, a long time ago said that he thought I had a problem. And that was the first time I ever heard that. And I was just kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm in high school. Sure, I like to have fun. But a problem? Like, that's not me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you were in high school, were you abusing anything? Or a lot of weed? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mostly uh, just weed. Booze and, and whatever? Yeah. But not to the point where... No, not to the point where I was getting like physically dependent. Not if you're throwing a 91 hour fastball. No, not miles per hour. Holy cow! Well, yeah, it was 87. really 87. Yeah, all right. Well, well, now yeah, he's honest. Now yeah. be, you know, yeah, I was paying attention. Yeah, give or take four miles an hour. I mean, so, so you think Jim could hit a 90 mile an hour fastball with a little bit of practice? Maybe with a, a lot of practice. With a lot of practice. See, I, I, I know you I, think I don't this even is want possible. to get in. I don't even want to be near a 90, uh, 90 mile, mile an hour fastball. I thought you said you were so confident you could hit he something. He could throw of, it. No, it was Derek Jeter who said. Oh, I thought you could hit it. What does a 100 mile an hour fastball what's, what's, sound like? Sound like. And he said, it sounds like trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, well, that's good. never mind. I mean, he says, yeah. it's, it goes so fast, you lose sight of it. You mm-hmm. can't see it anymore. Looks like a grain of rice. Yeah, so forget about it. So you're back in or you're back in Winter Park. You're back in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Now you're having more problems with these other substances. Yep. And all right, somebody confronts you, or you're saying to yourself, "I got to do something about this." Yeah. So uh, I did get confronted. Um, it was your mom again. Yeah. Well, my mom and my dad were kind of in on it. Eventually, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I had to be talking about it. So, uh, so yeah, I got to the point where I couldn't quit, and I just asked for help, and I said, "I need." I need treatment. Okay. And they said, okay, we're here to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next step is what, rehab? Yeah. We're going to get into that in a couple of minutes. Robbie is our guest. He is uh, soon to be graduating from Rollins College, went to school in West Alabama, was on the uh, pitching team there, blew out his elbow, and there's uh, some of the problems that began right there. Take a little break. We'll come back. It's the Phillips File, a Wednesday edition on Real Radio 104.1. The Phillips file for this Wednesday. You know, every Wednesday we take the first 30 minutes or so, maybe sometimes 40 minutes, to concentrate on the opioid and heroin crisis here in Central Florida. Not just Central Florida, of course, but the rest of the nation. Uh, Robbie is our guest today. Robbie is going to graduate from Rollins College uh, this December, as I remember. And uh, he developed a uh, problem with uh, prescription pills. When he was going to school in Alabama, he was on the uh, going to school there, and he was also a pitcher for the baseball team and blew out his elbow, and that's where, as he described in the first uh, 15 minutes or so, that's where the problems began. So mm-hmm. you're doing, like, what, four oxys a day, essentially, by the it, time? Yeah, you, yeah, okay. by the time I was ready to quit. Uh, yeah, Mo was asking you during the break, I mean, what was the, what was the feeling like? I mean, yeah. you like the feeling. Yeah, so I think that's something that a lot of people are curious about that don't really understand this thing. And 
the best boys way, and girls were not encouraging anyone to do that's this. That's correct. No, no, of course not. Um, but the best way I would describe it is like all like any problem that you had that's like on the forefront of your mind is completely gone. Your body feels like it's wrapped in a warm blanket. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean it's just euphoria is like the primary reaction. That's that most the people high get. that you remember. But you told me that opioids are depressants, right? They're they they're are downers. Yep. But yeah. you still feel really warm and no anxiety at all. Yeah. And I actually did get some energy from it. It's kind of, it's a weird reverse effect that some people get. It is, mm-hmm. it is a downer. It depresses your respiration if you take too much. But some people actually report getting like a, a speedy kind of euphoria. So your mom uh, confronts you or she discovers what's going on. She mm-hmm. says, Robbie, come on, uh, let's get you out of Alabama. Let's come back to uh, Central Florida. Right. And you fall into, to a certain degree, the same pattern of of abuse. Oh yeah, if not worse. If not worse, mm-hmm. there's another there's another intervention. So what, ha- what happened then? There wasn't there wasn't another intervention. It was just uh, it was just kind of a day where I'd had enough, and I had been I was sick of being sick, literally, like yeah. physically sick, yeah. and hitting rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's when I went to both of my parents and said, "I need treatment." And what what was their reaction? How do you what? find a place? Uh, I, well, my parents found it. Um, I'm not I'm not sure since my father's a provider. He might I don't know if he had like he didn't have connections, but I guess just research. Yeah, yeah. So you went into rehab, residential rehab. I did. Yep. So you go away for thirty. Was it here? It or was someplace nah, else. It wasn't thirty. It was in Gainesville. Yeah, in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. So how many days? It was four months. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Not 30 days. Oh, my. So there we are, 120 yeah, days. But was it, was it four months because, hey, that's the way we do it here? Or, or was it your particular case? And they said, Robbie, you know, usually we can get people out of here in 30 days. But, but you're real in sick. In your case, <laughs> you got it bad, baby. So you're staying here four months. No, no. Well, when I went, I thought it was going to be a 28-day program. Mm-hmm. But I get there, and they're like, oh, how long do you think you're staying? I was like, oh, I'm doing the 28 days. And everyone's just laughing because it's like, no, you're not. Yeah. But, uh yeah, it was a it was a ninety day program, and then I did something that they do there where you can uh, like live live there afterwards and do volunteer work and still take drug tests, see a therapist. This worked for you. Yeah. Do you ever have a? I tell people, and I'm I'm honest about it uh, on the air. I mean, if people mention cocaine or if they if I see a movie, mm-hmm. I'll immediately do this. I'll start rubbing my nose. I yeah. am, and I mean that's the absolute god honest truth. I'll just start rubbing, rubbing my nose. You remember, it comes back. Do to you have any craving? Dis- I mean, do you have any cravings? I do. I definitely do sometimes, but I think that's why. It's, have, what do you have to do when the craving comes along? I usually just call my sponsor. Okay. Uh, prayer and meditation is another thing that helps a lot of people kind of deal with cravings. Mm-hmm. Other people, you know, we hear from some people that have gone through some type of rehab and they relapse or mm-hmm. they're not crazy about the rehab they're in. John Oliver did a story on HBO this, this past, past weekend, weekend. Yeah. Huh. kind of focusing on on rehab. And I, came away, I, too, yeah, right? I, I just came away with the feeling like, you know, geez, I don't even know how you find the right one to. To 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 enter, were you lucky? Maybe in some regard. Yeah, I definitely think I was lucky because I did find a good one. You hear a lot of horror stories about these. Uh, like these, what? So a lot of the, a lot of things. I actually work with someone who's like right in the treatment industry. So you mm-hmm. hear things like people or insurance companies charging patients twelve hundred dollars for a urine test and then just repeatedly billing the insurance and they don't actually get proper treatment while they're in there. Never exposed to a twelve step program, anything like that. There's no as I 
I don't know if there's any national standard for rehab. I don't know if it's, you know, no, I are the government and you have to do this, 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 and this to be certified as a, as a rehab center. I think anybody can hang a shingle. Correct me if I'm wrong, can hang a shingle and say, I'm in, I'm in the rehab business. We could do it yeah. here, maybe during a commercial break. <laughs> yeah. Put a plaque out there and then really? come in. We talk to them for five Hi, minutes and, and, and charge them $5,000. Yeah, and patient patient brokering is what they call it, and it was actually a huge problem in South Florida, and that's why that's right. the treatment centers down there have such a bad reputation across the board. Yeah, just because a few or a lot of a lot of sober living houses and things like that kind of messed it up for all of them. Yeah, if you were to, and maybe you do, I know you're on a, another program with somebody who was on this program mm-hmm. recently. <clears throat> He's a ball of fire. Oh, was he on here? Yeah, he oh, was. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had him scheduled for 15 minutes, and I think he was here for about an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. He he's didn't great. stop. You can't shut you him just, up. You just wind him up and let him go. Yeah, he's great. He's, he was Love terrific. Him. Yeah, he's great. Um, are you going to stay? You know, when you graduate, are you going to stay involved in this somehow? I mean, you're you're, going, you're trying to be a physician's assistant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But with a specialty, I mean, I know your undergraduate work, you know, you've written papers on what yeah. describe what that's about so my senior thesis was titled uh dopaminergic variants in the disease of addiction i don't you even like to repeat that words. again please yeah. dopaminergic talk. variants okay now you disease. have to talk to us like we're three-year-olds because i have no idea what that means not even a clue so, how to spell it yeah so dopamine everyone knows, you've heard of dopamine yeah it's, the a, pleasure, it's yeah the yeah. pleasure whatever in receptors, your brain yeah, yeah. A neurotransmitter so it's a chemical in your brain that attaches to specialized receptors and when it hits those receptors it's it's a G protein coupled receptor. So basically it stimulates a bunch of other things and eventually leads to you like feeling like you did something good. And this is actually a ancient reward pathway that, uh, so 200,000 years ago when the first men started evolving, this was a, it's kind of thought that it's a reward system that when say you killed a mammoth and you got food, well, that reward system in your brain would kind right. of light up and right. they would tell you you're doing something good. So yeah. yeah okay. And now it's evolved to when you take this pill, that mm-hmm. same receptor goes off. Yeah, and you're still you're still thinking like, okay, I'm doing something good. I need to repeat this behavior, and that's why, that's that's uh, it's called the limbic system. What's involved with pleasure? Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you have to replace that? I mean, in your particular case, do you have to replace that pleasure with with something else? Yeah. We we talked to one recovering addict. He was absolutely terrific. I mean, I mean, he has problems for years and years and years. Trying this, trying that, and finally got into triathlons, believe it or not. Wow. And I think he said it took up so much of his time. Hmm. He couldn't con- he couldn't do anything else, number one. And it brought him so much pleasure because he could see, you know, the his advancements and, and, and yeah. his improvements mm-hmm. that he was that he was making. Wow. And I'm just wondering whether, you know, you're not playing baseball anymore. Yeah. I'm, or are you? you know, I do softball league or something. I actually do. Yeah, I do oh, softball. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so but, he's uh, the ringer they bring in. You know, when they're having some kind of intramurals, like, oh, let's get this guy. But I also do hot yoga, so that's something else. Oh, that, that sweaty yoga in that room. Oh. Yeah. And then I I uh, do a lot of cardio workouts and lift weights and stuff like that. Really mm-hmm. hot yoga. Yes. That's where all See. the women are dressed flimsily and. <laughs> well, that's why he's in there. You know, listen. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't see how he, I don't oh, see how anybody does room. that. Oh God, I'm sweating just thinking about it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but that gives you a sense of peace. It does. It gives you you, know, you kind of get into the practice. Yeah. And high, high intensity uh, exercise also releases endorphins, and endorphins actually right. are opiates are actually shaped just like endorphins, and they bind to the same receptors. So, yeah. Would you refer to yourself as a recovering addict? How do yeah. you what? Yeah, you're recovering. recovering addict. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're always recovering. 
Yes. Yeah, I don't think... You're never cute. Like, this John Oliver piece, these two jokers who have this really fancy and expensive rehab center in California or somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, they're sitting on a sofa, and one of them says, well, what do you say when people walk out the door after the 30 days? And they say, you're cured. Wow. Um, So you never will feel cured, right? Mm -hmm. That's not a word that is attached to you, is it? Yeah. Uh, The medical community looks at addiction as a chronic relapsing disease that can be arrested, but there is no long-term cure. So to say that you're cured, I think, is kind of... Not hypocrisy, but it's just a ludicrous statement. How do you, how do you respond to those people? We get them every single time in all these interviews we've done. Oh, it's just, uh, you know, they're weak and uh, just say no. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's their problem? And I mean, your your reaction to that attitude, I don't pay them mm-hmm. any attention anymore because I think it's I think it's yeah. just being ignorant. It's short-sighted. Yeah, but what yeah. do you think so How do you respond that? to that? It's not a weakness in character, is it? No. No, I don't think it is a weakness in character. And I... In my experience, the majority of those people that do respond that way either don't know a lot about the disease of addiction, haven't done their research, right. and kind of just jump to conclusions. And actually, a lot of people that uh, that respond like that actually do have someone who is in active addiction in their lives, and that's kind of how they see them. So they see everyone out there like that. Right. Hey, we want to thank you for stopping by. You've been a great guest. Of course. So that fastball, what was the two-finger split uh, fastball? What you, would you do there? Uh, two seam. Two seam? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Right. Does that mean something to you? What does that mean? Oh, come on, Mo. Yeah, come on, Mo. Oh, look, everybody knows that. It's guys. Everybody knows that. Oh, it's boy stuff. Exactly. All right, fine. Never come mind. Come on. All right, forget it. Thanks, Robbie, for yeah. stopping by. You've been <laughs> oh, a great course. guest. Take a little break. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1.